Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Hi, I'm Dr. Carol Francis, and I'm a clinical psychologist. I work with individuals all the time to be able to empower their lives so that they are not living, subjected to the flows of a situation that are just not healthy for them, including marriages, bad abusive relationships, or maybe complicated parenting situations, bosses or coworkers that are difficult or bossy or uh, in an unprofessional, undisrespectful sort of way. But you know what I find often is that when we're in the midst of feeling like we're being abused and being manipulated by others, we are manifesting very clearly that we do not have power in our own life. And the truth is, is that everybody can influence others, and the manipulators are just a, a exceptionally good at being able to impose their will and their way and their attitude and their belief system upon others around them. In addition, the people that succumb to the abusers and the manipulators tend to not recognize that they have a tremendous amount of power. And as a consequence of not recognizing your power, you are not going to be able to free yourself up uh, from the abusers and the manipulators. Now, let's just talk about a few ways to free yourself up. Now, we're going to go through all sorts of different scenarios in these different episodes on power and manipulation. So today we're just going to be addressing the idea of whether or not you are afraid of your own power. Now, people have often said that, you know, the powerful people are the ones that are evil, they're asocial, they're relics of the past, they're cruel, they're not fair, they're dishonest, and all of that might be true. However, not everybody that exercises power is evil. And the reason that's so important to distinguish in your own experience is that as you move from being abused, as you move out of being manipulated, you'll need to move into your own sense of your personal power to make your life as good as you want it to be. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily engage in a battle or warfare with your abuser and your manipulator. And we can talk about more about the strategies and how you savagely get away from individuals that are going to misuse you or disrespect you. But the first thing you need to navigate is your own feeling of, is it okay for you to have power? If you were raised in a situation where the parents said, you know, you'd be silent, I am the ultimate person, it's because I said so, et cetera, et cetera, you were probably conditioned to believe that you did not have power, and then suddenly you became an adult or a teenager, and you either learned to rebel or you learned to exercise power, or you continued the belief that you as a child had, which was you don't have any power, and this other person has all the power, and you better cooperate or succumb or be completely obedient. Okay, so you are going to need to change your own point of view in terms of looking at yourself as a person of power and that it's okay for you to have power. I happen to be a proponent of believing that, yes, you can have power that is benevolent, that means kind, good-hearted, trustworthy, honest. You can have power to be able to make your life fabulous as well as those people around you will have a better impact from your life and therefore you become a person of power influencing others. 
you can be a strategist and still do things that are well within your own moral conviction. But what you need to be simultaneously, if you're moving away from abusers and moving away from people who are manipulating your life, is you need to gain your own sense of what your character qualities are going to be and if you're going to conduct your bet, don't hold your character qualities and your values, your more morality as, as a way of chaining you to being powerless. Instead, you're going to have to work very hard to say, I can be very powerful but still live within my own sense of what are great character qualities and good morale. Now, that's going to be very much in contrast to people who really don't care about having good character qualities. Nor do they care whether or not they respect you, nor do they really care if anybody respects them. They just want to have power. And as a consequence, they're not chained into any character quality or morality. They're just chained into their hunger for power. And believe you me, that is a trap in and of itself. Although they might feel very liberated to be able to treat others any old way they want to because, one, they don't care, or two, they're just the top dog, they're the king or queen of their place, or three, they can be they can do whatever they want because they're the ones that define right from wrong. Eventually, it's all going to catch up with them. But we can talk about that in another program. What I want you to realize, though, is that as you exercise power congruent with your own sense of values and morality, do not let yourself be limited or chained to character qualities and morality that somehow make it look okay for you to be abused or somehow make it look okay for you to have to be submissive or that you have to go along with being disrespected because that means there's really something messed up with your idea of what it means to be a good person. So good people, for example, can feel like, oh, it's so good to be a martyr. I'm going to give you a very quick example of this. Uh, something I'll be doing another program on is the whole idea of an abused individual needs to forgive his or her abuser. This is a an idea that's promoted so radically and so unclearly. I want to just for a moment take a look at where this is completely skewed thinking that was promoted by the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church was abusing its role in people's lives in many, many fashions and forms. Well, the most recent of which that has been publicized is that the priests were molesting children, disrupting families, molesting women, little boys, little girls, and were doing it by way of saying that this was, uh, I don't know, in some cases, literally, the priest would say, this is you serving God because you're serving my sexual interest. This is you serving God because by serving me, or it, 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 they would twist and turn all sorts of different lies and all sorts of different perspectives to make people manipulated into it. Uh, another way of manipulating is saying, I love you so much. Our love supersedes all sorts of morality. But meanwhile, the person is warned to not kill anybody and is definitely used and manipulated. The, the idea that the Catholic Church would even for a second shelter individuals that do this is appalling. But more appalling than that is that there's documentation, there's actually ways that while the priests are being trained, they are trained as to how to make their victims pliable for them to be able to have sexual relationships. Now that sounds really hard to believe, but it has been documented and it has been discussed on other shows uh, on Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio as well. So I'll leave that aside for a moment, but it is just an example where people who exercise power, can twist their morality and their character qualities all sorts of ways and can make it look to their victims as if they're falling in line with some sort of 
value or morality as well. They have no sense of really sticking to any sort of truth or morality that guides them because instead their urge for power to get what they want is what guides them. So if you're going to free yourself from such abusers and such manipulators, you need to, one, come to terms with that, yes, you can be a powerful person, and yes, you can still be full of good character and morality, but you need to be very much aware that people will manipulate you and make you powerless, i.e., you should forgive your perpetrator and let them off the hook. <laughs> that is uh, really a trap. People were told in the Catholic Church, forgive the priests, we're going to uh, resuscitate them, so forth and so on. And while forgiveness sounded like a good, sympathetic way of doing it, it allowed so many people to get away from one parish and go into another one and do it yet again. So this whole idea of forgiveness has confused those who are abused because forgiveness was never intended to set the abuser free to go off and do it again. Never so to say that it was okay what they did. But instead was a very weak and confusing attempt to try to set the abused individual free from being entangled with the horrors and frustrations, retaliations, revengeful feelings, or the feelings of being a victim, or even feelings of their own guilt, that they participated with an abuser. And therefore, to forgive meant to set themselves free. But it isn't about forgiveness. It is about setting yourself free. So again, let's go back to the idea that being in power is an actual way of trying to set yourself free. Now, power comes in all sorts of ways, shapes, and forms. And all of those sources of power can be used because you're hungry for power or you just want to indulge your own pleasures and care little for the other. Or you can actually take charge of a situation, influence for whatever you consider to be the actual good in a circumstance. The actual good may not be about your pleasure, but maybe about the welfare and safety, the strength, the positive living, and the effectual way of being able to be in charge of your life to make a difference. You want to first realize that power in your hands a good person and power in the hands of someone who doesn't care to be good can look exactly the same on the outside and therefore a bit confusing because power does involve influencing others and that influence can be manipulation and abuse, deception, cunning, or it can be influencing with clarity but nonetheless trying to get people to do something that you decide is going to be in everybody's best interest. Let's look at four aspects of you having power and how they can both look like a manipulator that's meant for nobody's good except for their own and an influencer who's meant for as good of reasons as is possible. First, everybody in power needs to get a certain amount of people to follow their point of view. So if you're an abuser, you want everybody to see your point of view is that you're the one that needs to be obeyed and that if they disobey you, that you will beat them up or you will threaten them or scare them. You will reign by way of fear, the anticipation of being harmed. Um, and then you'll twist it with a promise of whatever they need. In many cases, I will love you, but I'll take care of you, but I'm sorry, I'll change, but. So that you, as a positive influencer, you will need to 
uh, be involved in helping people see your point of view, to persuade them, to get them to embrace, so to speak, what it is you think has value. And that would be your way of being able to build a following, so to speak. That following may be one other person whom you want to, to marry and have a great life with, or maybe children whom you want to have a cooperative family life with, or maybe tons of employees and you want them to cooperate with the ultimate mission statement of your business so that you want to know that you need to get them all to buy into your point of view. So a person who misuses power to harm others or to just gain power for the sure sake of greedy power will also do exactly the same thing. So if you're moving away from an abuser, manipulator, you need to recognize that you have bought into their point of view. You have totally decided that what they think about you and what they think about the world and what they think about anything is something that you've somehow decided you are going to embrace that belief as well. Advice along these lines is that don't buy into any other's points of view. Instead, be researching a lot of different points of view on an issue and then ultimately choose to the point of view that feels most respectful to you and to those around you. The word respect is used in the most benevolent of ways. So in other words, don't buy into someone's point of view just because, because you feel threatened, because you want their love, because you need to be cooperative, because you're scared, because you feel like you can't survive on your own. Don't buy into someone's point of view. View where there's many ways of approaching or looking or acting in any given situation. Be as creative, research as much as you can. Now, do you tell your abuser what you're thinking? Do you try to persuade your abuser to see things your way? Many people who are abused do. They spend an inordinate amount of time trying to convince their abuser that they don't need to be abusive, that they shouldn't do what they're doing. They try to save their abuser from being abusive. But the problem is them abusing you has positive outcome for them, although not probably for you. So for you to work so hard trying to change your point of view really is counterproductive because your point of view is not going to work in their favor. Now, you're going to be wasting so much time trying to change your point of view that the truth is you need to spend that energy on you. You need to have a point of view that says, ultimately, I want to be in a situation where I'm respected. Ultimately. So therefore, what points of view do I need to have in order for me to move myself into a situation where I'm treated with respect? I need to work on my point of view not change the abuser's point of view. Okay, number one. Number two, many people have the quality that they really rather not put a whole lot of energy into having to live their life. They want other people to take care of certain things so that they can go off and do whatever they want to do. I call this a lazy-fair attitude, or in French, a lazy-fair qualcon. Like, it's up to someone else. Let someone else do it. And so the abusers and manipulators really do take this to their advantage. They see this quality in you and they see this quality in other people and say, well, if I take charge of the situation, they're just going to acquiesce because ultimately they would rather not have too much trouble. So, for example, uh, let's just say a husband might force the wife to do a whole bunch around the house and that doesn't look like the wife is being all that laissez-faire. But the truth is that the wife is sitting there feeling like, well, you know, I don't have to earn the money and so I'm going to be laissez-faire about earning my own money or I, I can avoid an argument and standing up for myself. And, and, my, and if I just go along with my husband, I'm creating that cooperative sort of atmosphere. So it's kind of a laissez-faire way of going about creating peacefulness. 
a non-laissez-faire attitude in that situation is if you're afraid of being out on your own, going and getting an opportunity for you to be able to earn money now. Start educating yourself. Start seeing what your opportunities are. You don't necessarily share this with your abuser. In fact, that would be very threatening to your abuser. Because remember, your abuser likes the situation the way it is. So if your abuser really is kind of hoping that you'll be too lazy to take care of yourself in ways that he or she can take care of you, they're going to depend on that being their way of being able to manipulate you. So here is the consciousness that you want to develop is that you're not going to let someone else possibly take care of anything, including your peace of mind and your well-being, your food, your shelter, unless you are being treated with respect and it is a respectful arena. But you're not going to see yourself as incapable, but instead needing to research how you can capably take care of yourself. Remember, your abuser may have a point of view that they can keep you in their manipulative traps by making you feel like you're too inadequate to take care of yourself safely. All right? Now, on the other hand, if you're going to be moving yourself into a position of power, you can realize that other people also want things to be rather lazy as well. And even your abuser is going to be lazy on some things and get you to do things that they'd really rather not do. But that is your position of power to be oddly thought, because remember, we're being savvy and strategic. If there's something that your abusers lay they fear about that you take care of, that is one of your powers. Now, to use it in a way that helps you develop safety and protection is another question. But you're just raising your consciousness to see a point of view where you're not powerless in their life either. They do have you there for reasons, and those reasons may be your power. Okay, well, this gets a little tricky. Because you don't want to reveal all your power to someone who's really keen on making you think powerlessly until you're free to be able to take care of yourself safely. And not everybody listening to that is in there. So that's your key number one. I've got to learn how to take care of myself so that I can be safe, self-reliant, and I can't afford to be lazy. Here's another one, number three, and that's trust. Um, uh, the individual who's going to use power in a malevolent, evil sort of way knows that they have to earn the trust of their audience, so to speak, the trust of the people who they will lasso into their manipulative, abusive ways. And initially, trust will be developed by, I promise to give you everything you need. I love you. I think you're wonderful the way you are. I will do things responsibly for you and taking care of this, that, and the other. And they will begin to lasso you into an artificial sense of trust, much like the priest did to their victim. So you have to realize that you don't give away your trust to anyone. Everyone earns trust. One of the horrible the social conniving complications was that, you know, tr- you should be a trusting person. You're, what's wrong with you? You don't trust people. You must be sick. <laughs> well, that used to be a, a message that went out before the Nixon times, and we were trusting all of our politicians. And Nixon taught us very clearly in the United States that trusting your politicians was probably not the wisest, most awake point of view. So as a consequence, you want trust to be something that someone else earns. Your trust is not to be given away in one lump sum, but by little by little. Someone earns a dollar worth of trust, you give them a dollar. If they've earned $10 worth of your trust, you give them $10 worth of your trust. But if someone's proven that they're $10 worthy of your trust, it doesn't mean you suddenly dump $1,000 of trust onto that person. 
you give trust to the degree that is proportionate to the way someone has proven themselves to be trustworthy. Now let's twist this, for example, to the individual that wants to become powerful in their life. Now trust, again, is something that's very important. And if you want to be truly authentically powerful in other people's lives influencing them, you also will authentically earn their trust. Now, the difference between someone who's into power for power's sake or for abusive or manipulativeness is that they want to earn trust, $10 worth of trust, but be given $1,000 worth of with the dividends of your value. Whereas if you're going to be earning the trust of other individuals, you want to help those other individuals to understand that the trust that they're giving you is worth the trust that you actually can earn. Keeping it proportionate keeping it so that the hopefully the person that is going to look to you for leadership is conscious and savvy as well. Now, there will be those individuals that will give you $1,000 worth of trust when you've only earned 10 And you will be tempted to take advantage of that. And that's where you have to be able to trust yourself. Because you don't want to fall into a situation where later on you know you were manipulative and therefore you abused the trust that they gave you. But if they do give you $1,000 worth of trust and you know you're only worth 10 you need to politely say thanks. But that $990 is yours and you need to be more careful with it. And that's a great way to be an influencer without being a manipulator. Finally, let's go to number four. Number four is to recognize that most individuals in our Western society are very steeped in the idea that enjoyment and pleasure should be number one in their life. In other words, we were all given the equal rights to be happy by our Constitution, by the Declaration of Independence. Everybody is given the right to be happy, the ineffable right to be happy. Well, I'm going to have to question that because I don't honestly think that happiness, enjoyment, or pleasure should be the first on your list. If you're going to be a true positive influencer, probably being a person of integrity, but not trapped by being a person of integrity is different. Being a person who will do what you say and say what you do is going to be making you trustworthy. But don't be trapped by that, by someone who wants to manipulate and use that against you. And then this whole idea of being lazy is often related to people saying, well, I just want to have fun, therefore I will be lazy. I just want to enjoy myself, therefore I will be lazy. Or I just want to have the pleasure in the moment, and therefore I will be lazy. And that actually sets people up to become abused and to become manipulated because they become manipulated by people who will take their internal urge to go toward enjoyment and pleasure as their first priority and they will become lazy and sucked into a situation like a sheep is sucked into a wolf's mouth for food. So look at your level of enjoyment and pleasure and realize that that's where you can easily be trapped into someone else's manipulation. On the other hand, this is also a power of marriages that people need to really recognize, is that you marry the other individual if it was a healthy individual and you were a healthy individual because you enjoyed each other's presence. You enjoyed who you could be and you enjoyed who they were and you enjoyed what you two could create in the moment, whether it was a good conversation, pleasant peacefulness, wonderful sex, good time traveling. It's the good times you shared. And so the power you have in a marriage to enliven it yet again is to focus on that capacity you have as a powerful person to create enjoyment and pleasure. Now, I'm talking about authentic enjoyment and pleasure as opposed to just indulging the other person into their laziness or into their greediness. I'm not talking about giving and giving and giving to where the vampires of life just take and take and take. And that's one of the ways that 
relationships become very abusive. A giver gives and gives, and the taker takes and takes, and never really so satiated or grateful. No, I'm talking about being in a mutual relationship where both of you are invested in creating enjoyment and pleasure for the other individual. So your power is that you can contribute to making the relationship enjoyable and pleasurable a good percentage of the time, but that you also know that you're with someone who respects that they too can contribute to your enjoyment and pleasure as well. Well, this is just the beginning of understanding all about power plays, abuse, and manipulations. Or maybe for you it's not a beginning, it's one among a series of considerations as you change your point of view, understanding how you can be powerful in your life, but not necessarily evil, and also how you can move yourself away from those who care little about you and care everything about their own selfish gain. This is Dr. Carol Francis. Please take this all into careful consideration because your situation may be different than what I'm suggesting. So be savvy and even listening to this in terms of how it actually applies to you. Take care. Be savvy. Be safe. Don't reveal all your cards to someone who's harming you or could harm you. Be thinking on your own privately until you understand a situation so you can move yourself into safety and away from threat and fear. Dr. Carol Francis, clinical psychologist, signing off for now. Have a fantastic rest of the day as you contemplate your own greatness, how you can influence yourself and others to the benefit of all. Best of days. Cheers.